0: It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullenack and J.C. Sherbert.
1: So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty?
0: Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son.
2: You play to win the game.
0: Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil.
3: It's inside the game guys' the show. I'm JC Sherbert. He is Phil Molinax. Welcome in on a Thursday before game week. And uh, hey, that means Carolina Call starts tonight. <laughs> vlog. I can't wait. I can't uh, wait. I'm glad you turned right.
1: me on to who is it? Uh, uh, who does the play-by-play on the message board. Who is that? oh Okay. Now, now
3: in <laughs> fairness, they rotate a little bit because sometimes we'll take Thursdays off. So sometimes it's hail, but hail doesn't have the uh, he's not in the zone on it like Whittle is. Whittle's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you literally just sit there and laugh the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. but it gets informative as well. And uh, hopefully, Shane Beamer has an update on Corey Rucker because yeah. of the rumor that hit the message board, uh, about him possibly being injured. I haven't been able to track anything down on that yet, but uh, we certainly are working on it. It's it's a uh, it's just a tough situation when you're dealing with injuries and, you know, people don't want to be forthcoming with it. And that's fine. I mean, that's uh that's a smart strategy. Uh, mm-hmm. I know the fan base is a little upset after the must champion era. with, uh, and, and look, look I, I, I'm sorry. I, I want as an aside here, I want to tell everybody, you know, you guys know this. I, I, I have a lot of respect still for world must champ. Uh, I know that's not a popular opinion, um, you yeah, like the guy, I, you know, some things he got criticized for were just beyond his control. Um, so if it sounds like I'm making fun of him, I'm not, I'm just kind of making fun of the weird stuff that happened. So yeah. I just want to clarify that because I don't, I don't want, I don't want to sound, I try not to be hypocritical in all things. I mean, opinions change, view, views changes, but I'm not sitting here throwing the guy under the bus uh after the fact. And, and I just want to thank you for that but the, the must champion era of injury disclosure. Let's just go go with that. I mean uh everybody you know got frustrated with that and when he left and we finally found out 6 weeks after the fact Xavier Leggett was out for the season that took the cake. I was like oh my god. So
1: yeah, I mean what's the reason and would you know not disclosing a season ending injury.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, think if it's season ending, I don't I don't see the problem with it. I think hmm. Uh, if if this is accurate information on Rucker, uh, you know, then then probably they hope to get him back, you know, and, and so they don't right. want to kind of talk about the severity of it or alarm people or anything like that. I do know this: Marshawn Lloyd is back, uh, yeah. full practice, full gear, good to go. Um, wasn't a very serious situation to begin with with him. Uh, I think we're looking at Christian Beale Smith being out and possibly Kai Kroger as well. Uh, starting punter, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I started to kind of worry about that yesterday then I woke up today and I was like, ah, you do this every year, 10 games before kickoff <laughs> and then you stop worrying about the kicking game because there's always something else that comes up to be worried about, but uh, you know, that that's the situation with that, so maybe Beamer will address it tonight, of course Todd Ellis is your host <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's always a fun time and then, you know, the people that call in hopefully will behave you know, this year. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, I, I think as long as things are going well, they, they certainly uh will behave. Today's poll question is up on the bigspur.com and also on uh Twitter and on the YouTube channel. Somebody got on me the other day because I was kind of updating the poll on all three spots, Phil, and I I I just skip the YouTube page for whatever reason. So I've, I've learned my lesson. It was the same guy that called me out about the carry and joiner being a quarterback, you know, uh, that's not today's poll question. Well, okay. So uh, you're right, but it, it is, but you know, <laughs> the, the, the master, the master poll is created on 24, seven sports. And we put it on Twitter and then, occasionally put it on YouTube, but I, 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 I'm going to give him credit for that. He's right. You should probably uh, put it all three spots. So it's all three spots. It's a big picture question. Uh, And one, I like to ask the fan base just about every year because um, you know, things change over time. Right. And, and, Mm -hmm. and and we're probably, you know, South Carolina, 30 years into the sec, uh, South Carolina was in the ACC of course, for 20, 18, actually 19. Um, and some of those folks from back in those days, they, they really can't stand like North Carolina and NC State and Duke. Um, but yeah, as time moves forward and South Carolina gets more entrenched in the SEC, uh, there's maybe other schools you don't like. So my question was, outside of Georgia and Clemson, which I think that's a given. Those are two games you want to win every year in every sport. You know, Carolina wants to beat Georgia in every Winks. Uh, Carolina wants to beat Clemson and everything, you know.
1: Tiddlywinks, uh, cornhole,
3: yeah. cornhole, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Arr, cornhole. South Carolina should be a national power in cornhole.
1: Hey, all we need is Don Staley on our side, man. Did you <laughs> see that?
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt. Um, so the poll question today is: What program do you consider to be South Carolina's biggest rival outside of Clemson and UGA? And so I listed Florida, North Carolina, Tennessee, and other. Because um, I, you know, some people may think Missouri is is is, is the biggest route because you play for a trophy, right? right uh, yeah. Some some people back in, the, I mean, NC State continued to play the Gamecocks after they left the ACC every year, and I, and I'll tell you this right now, uh, NC State was probably close to Georgia level importance uh, during the '80s when the Gamecocks played them. Some say North Carolina, So I said, at Florida, North Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, The Vols are running away with it on the Big Spur with 20 votes so far, 54% uh, of the vote thus far. Um, You know, on Twitter, I'm going to check those results here real quick.
0: The Vols are
3: running away with it, 52.1. Florida, 18.7. North Carolina, 17.8. And other is 11.4. Some people are saying Kentucky, so yeah. I think, you know, if, Kentucky. All right. Uh, and that could, you know, that, that could end up that way, Phil, because I, I, mm-hmm. I think Kentucky is going to end up being a permanent opponent uh, of the Gamecocks, no matter how they redo the, um, the scheduling here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's going to be nine games and a kind of a three, six, six format. So it, it could end up being Kentucky because that may be one of the few teams they play every year, but I, I don't know, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see, how the rivalry, you know, how, how the rivalry question is answered year to year. I, I usually ask that about once a year. Uh, and, and, and look, it's, to me, it's Tennessee. Uh, if I, they
1: played the same way, man, yep, Tennessee. If, right now, yeah. if we're looking at it right now, mm-hmm.
3: if they played North Carolina every year, you'd probably say North Carolina. But yep. uh, they don't play every year, um, in different leagues. But you know, obviously, you know that's probably. You know, not one you would say because if it's your rival, you you know you play them every year. Of course, uh, West Virginia and Pitt, backyard brawl. They restart that this year. and They want to play that every year. They don't like each other at all, but they don't play every year. So maybe that's not. But uh, so far, the Vols are running away with it, man, <laughs> running away with it. And that's a, you know that's a game. I, and I, I always I've written this many times in uh, different versions on the Big Spur, Phil, when they play Tennessee, even when Tennessee's not that good, you want to win that game every year. Oh yeah. the yeah. game. Um, so so that's the deal there. Now Tennessee's got a million different rivals. So uh that, that's what's unfortunate about Tennessee and Georgia is that like they, they kind of South Carolina's not a rivalry for them, you know, because you know, Georgia, Georgia has like so many states that it borders Phil. Yes, that they, yeah. they, they literally, depending on what part of Georgia you live in, that's the biggest rival. If you live more towards Alabama, it's Alabama and Auburn. If you live more towards South Carolina, South Carolina Clemson. Uh, if it's, uh, you know, in Murphy, North Carolina, where they, <laughs> nah, nah, I don't I mean, think there's a big rivalry with the Tar Heels and dogs. Uh, but, but certainly South Georgia, it's all about Florida. And I would still say, uh, you know, and then there's the Hardy few that, you know, still, still think, you know, it's Georgia tech. Uh, those are the old school dog fans usually, because they think, you know, they don't like each other, even though Georgia's running away with that series and probably going to continue to dominate it. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I, for my money, if I were just looking at Georgia, I would probably say Florida is their biggest, that's their biggest game oh yeah, sure. uh, every year CBS every year. And, uh, you know, on that neutral field and, and all that good stuff. So that's the poll question for today. Uh, we got the Nana's porch chat box rocking and roll.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and uh, we're going to get to that right now. David Cloninger from the Charleston post courier makes his debut on the show. Uh, coming up at the bottom of this hour after our first break. Certainly uh, glad to have Dave in here, like Dave a lot. Uh, he's, a, he's a Guns N' Roses fan, so I like that about Dave. Oh, uh, there,
1: okay, that's the connection. No. <laughs> and like, like him,
3: uh, you know. Uh, he's always, uh, always first with the questions. He's been in this market for a long time, working for various outlets, uh, very knowledgeable uh, about the South Carolina Gamecocks, and certainly we want to provide you guys with all sorts of different voices, Uh, on this show it's uh you know i know that kind of in the past you know i've been a one-man band or i've done the thing with keith before i did the thing with keith before that um and all that but the the idea of the show in the two-hour format is to just bring you tons of voices and and let you have your own voice as well Mm -hmm. Own, own voice as well so uh craig says nine days i feel you craig
1: Nine um, days. Oh, no.
3: so, so who's doing the countdown to kick off with all 73 of Todd Ell- number nine Todd Ellis's interceptions? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, we'll do that next year.
3: <laughs> who's got all 73? Cue we'll those bad boys up. That record will never be broken. Uh, Sean, says, Sean says if we are 2-0 and o facing UGA, could they flex our game? And with the, the time and the times with the Mississippi State LSU game, no, Sean, Mm-mm. it's uh, it's set, they don't, they won't do that, yeah. Unfortunately, locked
1: um, in, man. locked
3: into that uh, noon kickoff. But as I've said, the Gamecocks have won the last two noon kickoffs in the border rivalry. Cartwright says, So the elephant in the room is Rucker and Birch. Are they really hurting out for a while? Uh, like I said earlier, working on uh, Rucker, we've addressed Birch. Um, I probably should have mentioned him, Phil, because I there is some question there. Uh, but uh, somebody will ask Beamer about it. Hopefully, uh, single digits until kickoff. Clint says and White says. Daniel says. Heard Rucker has a broken foot. Yeah, that's uh, it was a rumor on the big spur. And, and I, I'm going to say rumor right now. But I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I'm going to say that the guy that posted it, uh, we, we, we sort of vet all of our posters, right? Especially if they post something like that. And if it's a rumor monger or somebody that doesn't really know what they're talking about, we will delete it. Uh, and, and, but the guy that posted it or the gal, because uh, I really don't know, um, you know, his posting history says, not, you know, leads nothing. Uh, you know, he's, he's good. Point is, he's a good poster. You know, he's not somebody that's just out there. Stirring the pot, putting know.
1: some salacious information out there.
3: Yeah, okay. and, and Craig explains that someone who has a class with Rucker saw him in a boot. Said he'd be out several weeks. The boot doesn't worry me because I think a lot of us misread boots, walking boots. They're they're very, mm-hmm. in a lot of instances, precautionary. Um, but it's the it, it, it's the the talk, you know, mm-hmm. the talk. For uh, good morning, guys, Rodney says. Touchdown, Carolina, per Todd <laughs> uh All that good stuff. Marion says, morning, Nana's chat box. Wondering about the rucker boot. Everybody is, man. We're trying to, to figure that out. Smith, be nice. He's a guest of ours. Uh, it's not cool. Uh, Craig says, not great having to be careful with Birch's back. Hopefully he's all good in nine days. Uh, Clint answers the poll question, Tennessee. Um, Will says, feel like only Missouri fans see Carolina-Mizzou as a rivalry. I definitely don't see it as one. I don't either. No. Uh, as a rivalry. There is a trophy, though. Now, this is going to make you guys laugh for those that don't know. There's also a trophy for the South Carolina-Texas A&M game. The game guys just have never won it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know the Aggies will bring it to the game this year, right? It's uh it's named after some uh I guess a Civil War general or a Davy Crockett. It's Davy Crockett, something Davy-
1: right? yeah,
3: no. mean, good American War, some South Carolina person that was at the Alamo or something. I, I you <laughs> know somebody somebody that's smarter than me, uh let
1: me know. I wonder if, uh, you know, that's a Big 12 thing with all the trophy games, right? So are we going to get more trophy games with Texas and Oklahoma coming in, or are they just going to conform?
3: <laughs> I, I I think I think A&M, o- a- so, so Oklahoma and Arkansas, and I meant to get to this with Trey mm-hmm. Biddy, and we'll get to it next time we talk to Trey. Uh, by the way, I'm going to have the part of his interview up on our YouTube page soon where he kind of gives you guys a guide to Fayetteville in Northwest Arkansas. Cause I know a lot of you are going out for that game. Um, I'm going to cut that up as just the guide to Fayetteville. Cause he had some, he's giving you more recommendations than I ever could. I have not been there more. I think I've been there twice. So that's the deal there. But with Missouri, well, Missouri before the, the league started forcing that Arkansas border battle on them, they didn't really have a rivalry, you know, uh, They like to play A&M because they used to play A&M, and now they've got the border war with Arkansas, which has gone over like a lead balloon at both schools. Um, But Arkansas, if you're an Arkansas fan, you're fired up about Oklahoma and Texas coming into the league. you got, you know, Oklahoma, they haven't played a lot. But one of the most infamous games in the history of Arkansas football uh, and Lou Holtz was the coach there. Uh, he suspended half his team. They played Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, won 31 to six. That not only was a big win in Arkansas history,
0: but in Lou Holtz's
3: coaching career. Uh, and we all know who Lou Holtz is, he coached in South Carolina, too. Um, so you know, I, I think that uh, they're happy because they get to play Texas again, and that was a big rivalry, and then they get to kind of kindle something with Oklahoma, and then they got Missouri, and uh, they don't really care for LSU there either, because that's kind of, they share, Louisiana and Arkansas share a big, long border, uh, yeah. you know, the bottom, so uh, it's just one of those things, but yeah, Missouri fans do think South Carolina's their rival, I just, you know, the Battle of Columbia is an important game, because it's a division game, but uh, I don't think there's any kind of animosity towards Missouri. Um, J-Rock says, I wish South Carolina North Carolina was yearly Maybe someday if the Tar Heels join the <laughs> SEC, brother. <laughs> that may not
1: be far down the road. <laughs> yeah,
3: and, and, and honestly, it's, it's kind of, you know, the Gamecocks play the, the Heels again in Charlotte in 2023. That's the end of the Charlotte games. There's a home and home toward, at the end of the decade where the Gamecocks go back to Chapel Hill. I went to the game in Chapel Hill in 2017. It was the last time Carolina won that season. It's weird. Something mm-hmm. weird. Everybody talks about something weird that happened in the locker room. Uh, at halftime of that game, Ganghouse game game were 21 to three. They held on and won 21 15. Got to sixth in the country. Got beat by Vandy the next week. Right. Um, Carolina Lucas says, Got to say, the accent transition from JC to the future Mrs. Sherbert took me on a journey. From JC sounded like cowboy bebop. Cowboy bebop. I got to figure that. So that's, I said, I got to, I got to, her sounded like Chris Farley and saying, got Bears. <laughs> Beef sandwich bears, uh, it
1: was By striking the- her Midwestern accent. It was, I, I went through that same ride.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, striking. oh, yeah, beef sandwiches, <laughs> <Beef> cacks,
3: sandwich, <laughs> cacks. But, uh, but look, um, yeah, it's how people talk up here. By the way, uh, if you're looking for a streaming recommendation and, and you want to know what I'm talking about when I go beef sandwich, Polish sausage all the time, there's a really good show called The Bear. Um, it's about a guy who's like a, a bougie chef at a big time New York restaurant. His brother dies, so he has to go take over the Italian beef restaurant in Chicago. Uh, And it kind of shows you a little bit about like the cult, the food culture here, and all that. But I recommend that. Todd, uh, Daddy says Todd must have pics of somebody to keep this radio gig. That, that's that's a common opinion. But like I said yesterday, I don't think it matters much anymore. No. <clears throat> Uh, Smith says would be very impactful to the room uh, for Rucker to be missing for an extended period. Corey Rucker's a good player. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as can somebody take his place? I don't know because he's a guy that can play like all three positions and he's a really good route runner. Obviously he's a proven player in college. Uh, You know, so these guys have gotten better. I'll I'll tell you right now, Xavier Leggett and Amari Brown are better this year. Uh, But, they Haven't gone out and you know, Corey Rucker caught like 14 passes in a game, so that's uh that, that's crazy. Oh, daddy oh the bottom trophy, the bottom ah, trophy bottom, okay. Bottom, all right. A yeah. and better bring that trophy this year, J Rock says in the nano sports chat box because they're leaving Columbia with that L. And then Jay Fowler says, left my butt off on the South Carolina Texas A them comment. Bottom is from Saluda. Okay, thanks, Daddy O, mm-hmm. appreciate it, and uh he said he saw the a Trophy at College Station a few years ago, Smith says, and he never knew it existed until then. Marion uh, comments on Cloninger is going to join us here in about 10 minutes. Always like hearing David's info on J.B. and Goldwater. Uh, Carolina luker goes, go Cax. <laughs> Carolina, she's going to get mad at you, man. She's going to walk in here and go, <laughs> Uh, Craig says a perfect opportunity for Amari Brown to step in for Rucker. I, Craig, I don't even know that Amarian wasn't. I mean, Corey was getting there, uh, working towards a starting spot, but I don't know that Amarian's not gonna. I don't. I don't know if it's like that. You know, I, I, I think Amarian has a role in this team too. By the way, I think they need to. Uh, he needs to be the Demir Bird guy. You know, remember during the Spurrier era, uh, and they they underutilized um they under underutilized a mere bird because uh, like last year on my birthday the day after Christmas uh we all went to our local watering hole and watched the bears it was on a sunday uh and bears bears beef bears beef beef bears and they played the the seahawks and they actually won and threw a pass at the end of the game and somebody went up and caught it in the end zone they're like Oh my God! It like it had like four people around him. It. it was Demir Bird. <laughs> Still he's doing the it now. So um, you know that. that player
1: thing. where you just see you see the quarterback just chuck it up and you're like, who the
3: hell's back there? Oh, yeah. look, it's Demir. Okay, <laughs> yes. it's Demir Bird, and so yeah, um, I mean, he was kind of underutilized, but I I think sort of in the manner that they used him. Under Spurrier, that's, that's that's probably a smart way to use a and Brown. If you look at what Brown did as a freshman at Georgia Tech when he tied Calvin Johnson's touchdown record, it was all go routes. I mean, it was all like
1: yeah, he's all bird. of a sudden yeah.
3: right, right call, right time, boom. Like last year, it drove me nuts that the opportunities he did have when he catched, caught the ball um, was, uh, you know, it was kind of these short little screen passes and stuff. Now, look, I'll be honest. He gets a block and space, uh, mm. catches a little screen pass. He's probably gone. I mean, yeah. you know, depending. But uh, and so, so I don't think it was a terrible play call. It's just a bad situation. Somebody missed a block, big surprise, stuff like that last year. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if it's Amarian or Xavier or who 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 may step in. Landon Sampson, maybe. Dare I say? I, I don't know. Mm. I'm like uh, that's just one of those things. World world class speed. Oh, hurt me! Oh, hurt me! Boom. <laughs> before i became an animal lover i'd go kick your dog oh! was like, ah. that's right i started feeling bad about it i was like i don't want to kick the dog i would never kick my dog um carolina lucas says tell the fiance, don't worry if she heard me she'd need subtitles like swamp people <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Corey, I'm not I'm not even dignifying that uh <laughs> comment there. Uh, Daddy O uh, continues on with the bottom thing. Um nine South Carolinians died at the Alamo. See, I, I I think I read that, but that's one of those things I didn't uh retain. <laughs> uh, probably because I just, yeah. Hey, look, South Carolina 6-0 oh, head into that AM game. I'll read up on the whole thing. You know, yeah, I'll, yeah. Maybe, I'll, I'll memorize that, you know. Uh, J-Roy says, I really hope Lloyd has a big year this year. But at the same time, I think Juju could show out and push for that RB1 spot. Uh, I think Juju's going to get a lot of carries. And I think he's getting a lot of touches uh, compared to last year. Um, and, you know, you can't just run him outside. you got to run him between the tackles some. I just don't know. You know, with him, you have to be careful because of his size. You don't want him to get banged up, and then he loses a step because his game is elusiveness and making people miss. I think how they used him, Phil, in the bowl game, uh, Juju McDowell, yeah, is the perfect way to use him. And you you got kind of another Juju there with little Turbo Miller uh, to kind of play that role as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, I thought, you know, the whole year you're kind of like, well, they should probably play Juju more and. Why? What are they doing with him, and what's he doing? And all of a sudden, what's he doing? I don't know what he's doing. What's he doing? Mom, the meatloaf. Uh, and anyway, he, uh in the bowl, you know, little short passes that, that were actually runs because behind the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, that outside run play that they hit it for the 35-yard touchdown. I mean, he is a guy that uh, when he touches the ball, he makes things happen. And then you look at the spring game, Phil, that guy was lights out. Yeah, yeah, uh, did
1: he line up in the slot in the spring? Were they running him out of that? Some, yeah, some, yeah, definitely. yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
3: All right, so Corey says, I feel like this is a season we'll see if you kick returns ran right? back with Juju or Dante Miller. I'll be okay with either of them back there. Yeah, mm-hmm. look, Corey, I, I think this I think mm-hmm. that uh, Juju would have probably busted one for a touchdown last year. South Carolina just did not have very many kickoff opportunities, it seemed mm-hmm. like every dang game. The ball's going to the end zone. They get it from the 25, which is not a bad deal. You get it to the 25. It's not bad. But uh, he just didn't have a lot of opportunities. If you look at his stats, uh, that's it. I wonder who's going to – I wonder if Josh Vans returning punts again this year. Who knows? Who knows? All right, so Daddy O says, is A&M the biggest colt in college sports? And there's three responses to say, no, it's Clemson
1: yeah T- take it from a guy that lives in greenville no
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah, you know is it a cult
3: i don't know that's my whole thing there so um, i don't know want to they're tell close you guys though if, yeah they're close uh, in columbia you know uh, get on get on the nil thing for a moment here uh if you're in columbia there is a public signing uh, sponsored by Palmetto Autographs and Carolina Rise. Uh, if you want to find out the scoop on the is Corey Rucker in a boot, go to this event because uh, they're having um, a public a public signing autograph session for these guys. Go out, uh, you pay them obviously for the for the autographs. That's, that's one of the good things about NIL. There's uh, it's twenty dollars per, per person per autograph. You can have Jaheim Bell, Xavier Leggett, Josh Mann. Amarian Brown, Juice Wells, and Corey Rucker, all the receivers. And, you know, chances are, chances are, some of these guys, maybe more than half, will end up in the NFL. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think Jaheem specifically could be as good as Jaheem yeah. desires to be. You know, I mean, I, he desires to be great. So uh, it's at Swamp Cabbage Brewery in Columbia on Saturday, uh, same time of the show runs we we don't have a show Saturdays but it's 11 a.m to 1 p.m uh so go out there uh part of the proceeds go to Carolina Rounds part go to Palmetto Autographs most go to the kids um this is what NIL is all about You autographs you can get photographs with the guys um and Cory Rucker's scheduled to be there so you get to see if he does have the boot so if nobody reports anything uh, between now and then um you can go see for yourself and help out a good cause also Join Carolina Rise if you have not. We're still uh, working our membership numbers up there. We've signed eight baseball players, Gigi Jackson. And then yesterday, uh, did an NIL deal with Muhammad Kaba, which I personally wanted to do that uh, because of Mo's tweet over the summer. Uh, he was like, hey, these NILs aren't, aren't, NIL deals aren't hitting. Uh, if you need your lawn cut, I let need me your lawn, out. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, and, and so then Kato's power equipment came in with a big deal for him. And, you know, just to give him uh, another extra little deal, I, I thought was a, a, important uh, for me because I have mad respect for a guy that's going to get out there in the sun and cut grass. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you talk about earning it. And Mo's having a great preseason, by the way. He probably will start. For those of you that are always concerned about the linebackers and won't Mo to start, he's pretty. Uh, going to start. All right. This is flown by. David Kloninger coming up other side of the break. This is the show with Phil and JC. We'll be back after these messages. By the way, our number one brought to you by Cindy Foss, realtor Caldwell Baker Kane, my hometown of Spartanburg. Check her out. You'll hear the ad uh, and I'll pass along her. Need to start passing along her number two uh, during the, uh, the the live reads here. But anyway, David coming up afterward.
0: today tony pope state farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area once again tony pope state farm will help you mix and match perfectly call 843-851-2222 or visit tonypope.com today like a-
3: if you're a listener you know i feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services cindy Sirfoss is your go-to person Sear Voss of Caldwell, Banker, Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina. Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. hard Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy 864 414 5271 or email C-Syrfoss, csearfoss at cbkane.com. C B C A I N E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Game Cox podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners. Uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864 414 5271. Sydney Sear of Caldwell, Baker Kane.
0: Gamecocks.
4: How can I help you?
3: Attention, golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former GameCock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing,
2: What's going on? This is Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall, and you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. What's going on? This right. is Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall, and you're listening- <laughs> double <laughs> shot at Noah <laughs> Hall.
1: Noah wanted to come in twice.
3: Yeah, good, good for Noah Hall. He, uh, yeah, that's part of uh, <laughs> that's a heck of a promo there. David Clonger from the Charleston Post Courier, previously of many other outlets throughout our fine state, making his debut on the show. Dave, how are you today, man?
2: Not, not bad, JC. Phil, how are you guys doing? There Great. We
3: well, uh, so I've asked everybody that's come on the show, because I know when I was having to go to practice, I don't have to go to practice anymore, and that's good. Uh, you know, I, when it was open, I liked it, but, you know, uh, bless you guys for doing what you do. Uh, I know that I kind of hit a wall about, this time, maybe a little earlier, where I was just ready. I I was just sick of covering it, sick of talking about it, Uh, you know, whatever. Um, How do you kind of get through the preseason from a coverage standpoint? You've been doing it for forever. Uh, Do you hit any kind of wall, or you just generally kind of power through, or just kind of give us your mindset this time of year?
2: Well, you do kind of hit a wall, JC, and it's mostly, uh, you know, being in the business as long as I have, you kind of know it's coming so, what I always like to do is go ahead and schedule out some nice big feature stories uh that'll run on like say certain weekends all the way leading up to this uh season. Got a couple that I'm I'm really happy about that are coming up over the next couple of weeks. And you can work on those every time you start feeling like, man, if I gotta talk about one more third string offensive lineman, I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to handle it. But you know, it's it's uh I don't know if drudgery is the right word. It's just one of those where, you know, you kind of get in that same routine and you got other things going on. And then, of course, some other things start to happen. Like with me, it's like, a, hey, there's an update on your uh, your chicken story. I'm like, great, you know, great story. But you know, it, it makes me wonder, should I have majored in ornithology or animal husbandry instead of journalism,
3: right? <laughs> hey, there's another school in the state that has an outstanding animal husbandry program if you want to go.
2: Back participant led right but- yeah
3: exactly <laughs> <laughs> wow um all right so then i have to ask about the chicken story or the i don't know what to call the it. its the rooster, the, the the mascot story you were all over it by the way man great piece of reporting there and uh informing everybody about it w- w- what's your general take on it um you know we, we had somebody on the other day that was like uh, good friends with the uh the owners and, uh, or the new owners. And, 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 you know, some people I know know the old owners. I don't know. Either, I don't know either one of them, but, uh, you know, your, your take on how this thing has kind of evolved and what do you think the outcome is going to be? I mean, I own a website called the big There was a mascot previously before there was cocky called big spur. I don't know that anybody really owns that name outright. I mean, I, I would guess, I own the the part and, and, and the university owns just a big spur. But, you know, I mean, what what, what do you think is the outcome of all this and your thoughts on that story?
2: Well, it's pretty simple, JC. I mean, the fact is I've talked with both sides of when the original story ran and, and up to this point. And the fact is, is that, you know, it wasn't USC's idea to get a live rooster mascot. This was done by the original owners. And they did it as a labor of love. They had the bird. They said, hey, would you be interested? Yeah, sure, bring it around, you know. And it took off, you know, for whatever reason. I, I think both you guys know that sometimes the traditions that come around South Carolina, it's t- touch and go. You know, some some people, some come in and people love them, like Sandstorm. Some come in and people are like, "Oh man, what were you thinking there? We 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 got to get away from that." Carolina girls, yeah, yeah, there you go. So you know, um, people just started looking at it and and they liked it. So that original owners, you know, they started getting more into the university, but the university still didn't own the bird. So when the original owners decided to give it to the new owners because they were getting older, had some health problems, they said, "You know, hey, y'all take it." And everything was fine for a couple of years. But then when the new owners debuted their bird that they had been raising, they noticed the the comb, you know, on top yeah. of the head. And the old owners didn't like that. And they had the naming rights. So, to, you know, long way to answer your question, JC. But the way this is going to end up is real simple. The old owners, at least right now, have no intention of ever releasing the name Sir Bigsburg. It's their name and they can do what they want with it. And if the new bird debuts under a name that USC will choose and will have the naming rights to, that's it. And the, the new owners, Beth it. and Van Clark, will say, here's the bird's name. It's the university's name. And from now on, every bird that comes through will be named that. So <laughs> I realize there's some folks out there saying, hey, you ought to name it this, you ought to name it that. And it's it's not a malicious thing, but it's going to be USC's decision. There's not going to be fan input. It's not going to be a vote. Uh, it will be announced sometime before the first game, and that's going to be it. And um, I would hope that there would be a way to honor the previous owners because they've been doing this since 1999, and they did it for 20 years, really on their own dime. Mm-hmm. But that's just something that, that USC will have to work out for them. And when it first came up, you know, like I said, I got a phone call, and with you, it was the maybe a rare occasion where I'm like, USC doesn't really have anything to do with this. You know, it's not their bird, it's not their fight, but all of a sudden they're dragged into it. And as I reported yesterday that ran in the paper this morning, they're making sure it won't happen again by saying we're going to pick the name and we're going to own it. So that's going to be it. Whatever the new name is, USC will have control of the rights.
3: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Hopefully that that, that could do it. Yeah, it's it's just uh, one of those South Carolina things. That, uh, <laughs> exactly, you know. Matt, Matt Baker, Baker from the Tampa Bay Times, says the state has come up with some suggestions: Cluck Norris, uh, Marco Polo, Poyo, I guess, Cock, Cock Commander.
2: Man, I like Leroy.
3: Yeah,
2: me too. Southern Leroy. Leroy. Yeah, Nobody uses Leroy anymore. It's yeah. the Thelma of boys' names, you know? <laughs> that's true. That's Leroy. true. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, that's fine. Somebody suggested Melvin. I'm like, well, you got the Melvin-Ingram connection. I like that. But, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. a, guy, a guy wrote me today and said, look, you know, they're the fighting Gamecocks. They're named after someone. So why not just call the bird Sumter? Uh, Sumter. Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, I don't think I'd have any objection to that. But, you know, honestly, to me, it was one of those, like, this is a really interesting story. I don't really have, you know, one preference one way or the other because I've seen it and I thought it was cool. But I'm like, when I see it patrolling the sidelines before the game, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, the, the bird is here. And then I got to go back to, you know, charting third-string offensive linemen. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I do hope it gets settled and I, and I hope that everybody, you know, is at least somewhat happy, but at least with the previous owners, they had an objection and it was their right to have. So you just hope that the university overlooks that and honors them for what they did 20 years before this uh, thing happened.
3: Yeah, no no doubt about it. I I like Sumter. I I think that's a kind of an SEC feeling name, you know, like like, like other schools will name their – you know, something like that. I like Leroy, too. and It is the Thelma of boys' names these days. <laughs> um, so, uh, a lot of talk about injuries today out there in Gamecock land. Um, you know, I, I haven't been able to get anything on Corey Rucker. Um, I know Birch has been hobbled. I know Kai Kroger, which uh I think every year, 10 days before the season starts, I start to get concerned about the kicking game. Then I wake up the next day and I'm not. But... Uh, you know, that's that's a big loss. And then, of course, uh, Christian Bill Smith looks out. What, 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 what's your take on the overall injury situation? I know, you know, the last 10 years covering the injury situation in South Carolina for you has to be brutal. But, uh, <laughs> you know, your thoughts on <clears throat> sort of uh, what's going on health-wise with the football team.
2: Well, you know, there's always going to be a few, uh, JC. The guys are out there for a month before they even get to the first game and somebody's going to get stepped on, somebody's going to get your finger caught in a face mask. There's always going to be something that happens and you just hope that it's nothing serious. Unfortunately, at South Carolina, it seems like every time it comes up, it's almost always serious. So in that vein, is it as bad as having a starting quarterback bust his foot a week into practice like last year? No, but it's not good when you have you're starting running back, being kind of dinged up, but Marshawn Lloyd is back, and he, he should be fine. Your backup running back, or number two guy, Bill Smith, probably not going to play the first game now. And then you have Corey Rucker, a guy people were very excited about, who I've seen him on the side at practice doing some range of motion drills, and Lloyd and Bill Smith were doing those same things. Lloyd's back, Bill Smith isn't. So I haven't gotten one way or the other a definitive uh, deal on if he's going to be out. I'm hoping Shane Beamer will announce it tonight or address it on the call yeah. show. Um, but and from that vein, JC, it's probably not comforting, but it's not as bad as it could be. So you got yeah, some dude. guys who are limping. You got some guys like Sherrod Green, Jordan Birch. The coach is saying, you know, what you don't need to push him that far. You know what he can do. So let's just you know let it let it come in and then get to game week and go from there but uh yeah it's it's really not good either when you're starting punter a two-year guy hurts the one part of his body he couldn't hurt yeah you know, at home and it's yeah. like oh man but yeah. Like, it's yeah part of it so they're they're optimistic kai Kroger we back I personally don't think that's gonna happen for the first game so we'll see who the who the next guy will be because if you gonna have mitch Jeter do it if he's going to kick and punt and do kickoffs, you can do that for maybe a game. But you, yeah. you're going to have another solution after that because he'll get worn out by midseason.
3: Yeah, of course, Alex Herrera is in the mix too. And William Joyce yeah, at As punter. well, and William Joyce at punter. That, that's kind of the battle there. Yeah, that's uh, – well, maybe I shouldn't just get over it in 24 hours. Maybe I, that should be my biggest concern. Uh, you know, going into the season, I, I, you know, I I just think, and, and you know, you've covered Marshawn now for three years. Th- that is kind of just from a human being standpoint. Did it make you feel good that he got back out at practice? I mean, that kid's been through so much. He, he's, a, he's a good kid. I mean, uh, for those of you that watch the ESPNU show, uh, all three episodes Marshawn's been featured. I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of thought that was. You know, from the fan standpoint and just from my standpoint, that was kind of the sigh of relief when he, you know, made it back because I, I just I would just feel horrible if he had another injury.
2: Yeah, it, it, that's the thing. And when I saw him dinged up and he was still out there, but he had about a mile of tape wrapped around his right foot, I thought, oh, no, mm. not again. I mean, come on. <laughs> And you're just wondering, you know, why isn't thing why, why can't things be fair? Because uh, he is just an outstanding young man, a terrific kid, and I want to see him get out there and be the kid I kept hearing about in recruiting. You know, saying like this kid's going to be the next Marcus Lattimore. And I thought, all right, now let's let's pump the brakes here. But I kept hearing it and thought, well, okay, well, let's see what he's got. And then I never got to see that his freshman year. So. He's going to be okay, but it's like that same vein, J.C. Sometimes it just happens. I mean, another fantastic kid, Chad Terrell. I was at his signing Whoa, ceremony yeah. way back in 2016, and it's just like I, I'd heard that something was coming, and I thought, oh, no, no. And then, of course, Shane got up there and said, yeah, he's torn his ACL. And I thought, oh. And third yeah, third big, time.
3: They play in the spring game, too, and it looked like yeah. – he kind of found a role there at tight end a little bit, you know, and uh, where he could, you know, because I, I think he lost some speed at receiver because sure. of the injuries. And then, but then at tight end, it's a different ball game. I mean, he's yeah. faster than than most of them. Uh, Phil, go over to the Nana Sports chat box. Put the, all the Sumter love you're getting there, David. Uh, Clint said Sumter is actually pretty solid. Uh, daddy o says Sumter will no doubt be better than whatever Tanner's office chooses.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope that maybe they will go with Sumter. that be Sumter is a very classy name for a yeah. Thing. Yeah, and that's you
2: know, awesome, high school fighting gamecocks. I'm sure yeah. they wouldn't. It's not, it wouldn't be like a, a copyright thing of saying, like, well, you can't use our name. They're like, they're not. Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, right. Thomas I'm Humber. sure
2: they wouldn't mind anyway. Thomas Sutter <laughs> was the fighting gamecock. I yeah, I mean the, the big thing is that you know you own the Big Spur. His name was Sir Big Spur. Pretty much, they talked with legal and said you can't use any kind of Big Spur. You just can't. <laughs> hey, I, I, yourself up for a lawsuit. So. I
3: told I told Eric Nichols on Twitter. I was like, I don't care what you do. You can use whatever you want for me, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not the one out there worried about the name. Heck, but uh, all right, so. You know, this year everybody's expecting improvement over last year. I think uh, when you look at the roster, David, it's it should be an improved football team. Yeah. You know, what's kind of uh, the aspect of the team, or uh, are, are a couple of them, that stand out to you in terms of what is better? And you've been out at practice and, and seen at least these guys walk on the field and stretch and throw for a little bit in person. So, you know, kind of your impressions having seen the guys uh, up close and personal. Uh, difference between last year and this year?
2: Well, obviously, there there is a lot more talent, specifically at the quarterback position. Nothing against those four guys that that did start last year. But when you get a guy like Spencer Rattler, who's not only a newcomer, but a guy who, you know, really tore up the Big 12 as a freshman and was a Heisman Trophy, you know, front runner coming into last season, that's such a huge upgrade to have. Uh, I know I'll be making all the the callers for the call show tonight happy because they've got tight ends and they're going to use them. <laughs> the talent at that spot is absurd they've got four guys who could legit be in the nfl in a few years so and two that definitely will be playing on sundays next mm-hmm. year so yeah. uh that's always good to have them the depth is a little thin in some spots uh most notably as safety and linebacker and just the the point is not that they're bad but they're young they're very untested yeah. but at least it's safety you know They've been talking about them all camp, and I've seen them. Nick him and D.Q. Smith, those guys are making some plays out there. And just to see Worry cover from a safety perspective, he's 6'4 and got these big long arms, and he he's amazing to watch out there from how he can jump and get low and tackle somebody. I saw D.Q. Smith at a uh, high school playoff game. No, it wasn't a playoff game, regular season game last year when Northwestern came down to play Spring Valley. So I went over to watch, and I was like, and that kid's making plays. It, it'd be third and 12, third and 14, third and 19. Me being a Northwestern alum, saying, All right, guys, come on now. Let's stop him. That kid would run through every time. I'm like, Wow. I mean, come on, fellas. I'm flashing back to you in the old days saying, You know, there's no such thing as an all American running back, there is such a thing as horse crap tackling so come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Smith, Smith was was making plays, and he's doing that here, so those would probably be the standouts that I've seen, the, the safety guys, and then just the talent at quarterback. Uh, there have been some receivers out there that have really stepped up. I mean, with Rucker being out, Juice Wells, who was playing well anyway, has really taken a step forward, and it was only for a brief moment. He's also been dinged up. He came in late, but Landon Sampson had a couple of really nice sideline catches uh, mm-hmm. the last time we were able to see it practice. I don't know if that'll translate directly to him getting on the field. Like I said, he came in late and he was dinged up a little bit, but he's he's got some talent. I mean, you come out of that high school, you know you're going to be pretty good.
3: Yeah, caught mm-hmm. a lot of balls. Was, uh, Texas starting st- named the starting quarterback Quinn Ewers mm-hmm. was his high school quarterback uh, at least uh, mm-hmm. until his senior year when Quinn went to – strangely went to Ohio state for a season and now he's the starter in Texas, but uh South Lake Carroll, obviously uh, going back to Greg McElroy, you know, that's where Greg McElroy went to school, uh, former Alabama quarterback. All right. So, so big picture wise, uh, what road trip are you looking forward to the most this year? And what is your favorite road trip you've ever made while doing this job?
2: Oh, well, I mean, favorite road trip was uh, LSU. Night games at LSU are tremendous. The fans are terrific. Yeah, it's a long way to get there. And the flight back from Baton Rouge last time was just an absolute nightmare. But the actual <laughs> trip while I was there was great. You know, so that, that's always my, my favorite trip. I mean, just that stadium, that atmosphere is incredible to be in. The trip I'm most looking forward to this year is probably Arkansas, uh, even though I have to fly and I absolutely detest flying. But it's a great stadium. It's a nice place to be. I've often thought that University of Arkansas doesn't get the credit it's due as being a nice town, a nice college city to go watch some games in. Their facilities are incredible. I'm going with my best friend, and uh, it's, it's going to be terrific. You know, uh, he has not been to Arkansas to watch a game, so I'm looking forward to kind of introducing him to that scene. And, you know, it's a, it's a noon game or 11 a.m. in Arkansas so
3: yeah yeah time to,
2: to wrap things up afterwards and you know kind of commiserate and watch some other games. so yeah, not something often i get to do when there's an afternoon or an evening game
3: so yeah we had Trey Biddy from our Arkansas side on and i think a lot of people it, it, and carolina used to go to little rock in mm-hmm. certain years to play um Fayetteville Springdale uh, Bentonville that that area it's it's a it's a lot like the upstate of south carolina in terms of Northwestern corner of the state, you know, nice place compared to uh, maybe the rest of the state. I don't know, um, but uh, it's uh, it, it's better than people think. But I'll, I'll, I'll I'm right there with you about Northwest Arkansas Regional Airport. I would rather die than, than have to fly into there. <laughs> out of there. Um, I, I hate it so much. The second time I went to Fayetteville, I flew into Branson, Missouri and drove <laughs> no. through the Ozarks. Almost ran out of gas all the way back too. that's scary. When you're driving through those arcs at night and you're almost out of gas in a rental car and you're sitting, you know, self, oh, man, that was, I uh, heard the Banjos start to play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, seriously. Um, okay, so I'll have to, I'll, I'll get you out of here in a sec. i I'm going to ask you the poll question of the day. Uh, and I ask this every year to kind of put my finger on the pulse of the fan base. All right, so outside of Georgia and Clemson, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think is South Carolina's biggest rival, like their third biggest rival? And the options were Tennessee, Florida, North Carolina, and other. Um, Just get your take on that, just because I'm asking everybody, and I always am fascinated by the answers I get to this question.
2: I'd say Tennessee – just because it's the next closest trip, you know, four hours door-to-door, you know, front door of Neyland Stadium. That's four hours. It's an easy trip to make. They play them every year. There's been some, uh, you know, really tight games. Of course, you know, everybody always remember the um, the Hank Campbell stop in 92. Uh, Spurrier's first win up there when when Peyton got his uh, number retired. Um, and, you know, lately there's been some recruiting. Battles that have gone on, where some guys have gone to Tennessee, or you know, maybe were shoved off on Tennessee instead of coming here. Uh, but you know, there, there's been some battles there, so I'd probably say Tennessee. Um, you know, with North Carolina, you don't play them every year, but it's yeah. always kind of a thing where you know they're going to pop up sometime.
3: Yeah, and of
2: course there is always. I mean, they open up with them next year. Um, but I'd, I'd have to say Knoxville.
3: Yeah, I, I think of that North Carolina. Let's say let's say North Carolina joined the SEC, which I can't. I can't rule that out, right? You know, not in these days. But uh, And they played every season. I think North Carolina would take that third spot. But I'm with you on Tennessee. And I've always said that going back to uh, when they used to come into the state of South Carolina under Fulmer and sign three of the top four and they built a national championship roster doing it, uh, that that didn't sit too well uh, with a lot of Gamecocks. And, uh, you know, and then that first win up there. I was actually at that game in, in Neyland Stadium with a friend of mine, Uh, Chris Chowders, who actually works for SiriusXM now, uh, and I went to that one. And uh, it was a big win, a big win for the Gamecocks there. All right, David, we appreciate you joining us. Hope to get you back really soon, man, and uh, keep grinding. And uh, game week's almost here, so I'm I'm sure that'll be an exciting time in Columbia next week.
2: No, fellas, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Hey, hey, thank you, man.
3: Appreciate it, man. David your Charleston Post and Courier. First time I've had him on. First time we've had him on. First time mm-hmm. I've had him on. Well, I didn't have any guests. But I've rarely had guests. You know. uh, David's good people, man. I, I enjoy talking to him. He's got a lot of stories. i been covering it for years. and uh, you know, yeah, He's so, been
1: around for a long time. Yeah.
3: yeah. Knows USC, knows the Gamecock program, uh, and really entertaining, too. And I love the idea. The Nana Sports chat box is blowing up, Phil, mm-hmm. with Sumter. <laughs> so they like the Sumter idea.
1: That's that is the best idea I've heard yet.
3: Yeah, Sumter, it's very Sumpter. classy. Yeah. Sumter, Sumter, the Rooster. Oh, Sumter.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It says I'm down with Sumter. Alex says down with Sumter. Um. Uh. Daniel says Sir Spur. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. We can't. I don't think we can get away with that.
3: Uh, J-Rock says, do you think the ski mask caller will return this season? I hope not. Yeah. Does right. that mean things will be bad? Twisted Chicken says, call him Big George. Yeah.
1: Big George. I was trying to figure out how to work George in there somewhere if you did, but yeah. still, I, I still like Sumter.
3: Say Sumter. I like Sumter. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Stacy says, mow the lawnmower Cabo. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the lawnmower. That's right. We have a new sponsor coming in next week. Oh, jeez.
1: That took a turn. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that. Phil and I have some uh, some product to kind of test good out. Review,
1: yeah. Uh, Daniel
3: says, DC is always a good listen. Saunders says, in nanosports chat box, I wish you had have more of an Arkansas rivalry. I have a soft spot for them since we came to the SEC together. They did. South Carolina played mm-hmm. Arkansas every year. They were a pain in the butt. I mean – It was one of those things where when Houston Nutt was there, particularly, um, they were a pain in the butt to try to beat. They were up and down, uh, you know, didn't sustain, but he had some really good teams. And then Bobby Petrino actually owned Steve Spurrier. Uh, That's something toward the end of that series, uh, Petrino was tough to beat.
1: Yeah, right. One of the one of those games, I had to rescue my sister from Williams Bryce Stadium. She was down on a date with a guy who uh, got real upset about the way the game was going and threw his coat on the field, so uh, he was detained.
4: <laughs> in her
1: ride, yeah. <laughs> the middle of the game, about halftime, I get a phone call. Hey, Phil, sure. uh, you think you come get me? <laughs>
3: sure, yeah, it's, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll never get that. But then you know, after Patrino getting fired and doing what he did. Uh, really hurt them I think and then mm. you had the John L Smith year and then all of a sudden you had uh uh Belima come in and I thought I thought that would work better than it did it didn't so the gamecocks uh, the last three times they played the hogs uh starting with the DJ swearinger penalty game
1: <laughs>
3: we got three straight penalties uh and and one was a pick six uh and then there was that 52 to 7 game in 2013 out there, which is probably one of the best road games Carolina's ever played since joining the SEC. Uh, and then uh, last time they played was during the must Champ era in 2017, and that defense that year obviously forced a lot of turnovers, and Arkansas committed a lot of turnovers. And uh, the Gamecocks won 48-22, to so they've beaten the Hogs 100-29 in the past two meetings. I think 134-49. to the last three Arkansas leads over our series 13 to 10, but we'll talk. We're going to talk about Arkansas a lot here in the next couple of weeks. I, I tell you what, talking to Trey Biddy about their personnel, I, I, I'm leaning towards us a little more challenging than maybe I thought, particularly with their offense. But anyway, uh, this is inside the game. Passes the show. We don't have any guests next hour so phil and i are going to get topical we're going to talk a little bit about conference expansion we're going to talk a little bit about uh injury reports we're going to talk a little bit about a lot of different things plus nanosports chat box rolls on Uh, the ihelp consulting mailbag is overflowing with questions from the tweeter and from the, the actual inbox, the mailbag. Um, Going to talk about the ESPNU special. Going to talk about nutrition. Going to talk about uh, veterans, uh, veteran players that can make a difference. Talking about overrated in the SEC and uh, lots of other stuff. Hour number one is in the books, brought to you by City Sear Frost Realtor, Caldwell Banker Kane. Hour number two, sponsored by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake, right around the corner after these messages on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years right there in my hometown of Spartanburg Daniel Morgan Avenue contact Cindy 864-414-5271 or email Sirfoss, c s e a r f o s s at cbcane.com c b c a i n e that's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Game Cox podcast check her out we've already gotten several emails from listeners Uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271. Sidney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King.
0: Gamecocks.
3: Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes,
1: he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
3: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 1001 is Matt's contact number.
1: Yeah, man. I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
3: Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843 699 1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Game Cox, the show.
4: these folks are incredible ihelpconsulting.com how can i help you
3: let's say you need catering you need a food truck you just need to get some delicious food to feed some people nana's porch is the place for you I, i've known chris the owner for years now uh, they helped with the big spur golf tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event. The professionalism, the food, the taste, uh, it's unrivaled. Uh, in this space, 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, go to nanasports.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast. But uh wanted to tell you about it right here straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you. Uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I used to be president of the United States. And I love the show with Phil and JC. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. We're back. <laughs> Second hour inside the game, guys, the show. Uh, love to have you guys on and uh, or, or love to have you guys with us today. Nana Sports Chat Box. I am Celtic Mailback Myself, Phil Molinax. Thanks again to David Conninger. Uh, great to have him on uh, About the Bird and I'm just gonna call it the bird because I, it, I, it, I know it's a rooster, but it's not really a rooster, it's a fighting gamecock, and yeah. that's a mouse, mouthful to say. So I'll just call it the bird
1: and controversial you know? in and of itself right now, anyway, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know, but every time I say the bird, I think about Top Gun is like, you know, the bird, the bird, you know the finger? <laughs> yes, I know the finger goose. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so, so Phil, I, you know uh and, and david's been all over it and David. it's almost you know i love the way he was like oh i guess i got the story this is my story and, and all that uh, i love Just the, i love it that's it. kind of like oh you know um uh, what's going on so phil okay so all right the big 10 and i read this on uh was saturday down south it was kind of an aggregated thing from brett mcmurphy yeah, uh, and Kevin Warren, who was on with Bryant Gubble. Mike Morgan, and I. By the way, catch the the latest episode of J.C. and Morgan podcast with Mike Morgan and myself. Mike was at like an ESPN symposium, and they did over unders for SEC teams, and you you'd be surprised about how many people unanimously almost said over six and a half wins for the Gamecocks this year. Uh, I'll have that actually. I'm going to chop it up and get just those comments and, and put it on our YouTube page soon. But uh, if you want to go check out JC Morgan podcast at some point, it's up on iTunes and Google play and wherever else you get that uh, podcast. Uh, but I read this from for McMurphy and, and, and Mike and I talked about this. Uh, the big 10 looks like they're going to go to 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, there are different opinions out there about the no brainer teams that are, you know, like, A lot of people say say Florida State, North Carolina, uh, along with Oregon and Washington. You know, is the is the Big Ten really going to try to come into the South? I mean, that's my question. Uh, You know, and they've gotten as far as Maryland, uh, and it was just like I said, Golly gee, the 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 Yankees have a have (laughs) a cover. The Yankees are coming. The Yankees are in terror. And so, to say, you know, I think Miami kind of fits in that league. I think Florida State does not. I think North Carolina may, uh, to a certain mm-hmm. extent. But, you know, I, I sort of think this, Phil. I think the governor of California, uh, and the politicians, and, and you know how this can get political,
1: right? Oh, yes. But state, state get, schools, for sure. Yeah. Schools,
3: mm-hmm. they can get political. That's why that's why Virginia Tech is in the ACC. Um, uh, <laughs> right which yeah which, uh, you know the ACC this is this is why i have no respect for that conference even if it has nothing to do with clubs and being a member of that league or carolina getting screwed over by that league and leaving uh it just has to do with like who do they think they are okay uh you know they don't they, they don't have a leg to stand on as far as the SEC football conference top to bottom uh and you know so, so they're, they're never gonna be the, the SEC in football right um, good basketball league, probably better than the SEC, but half the time, the SEC's best teams will will uh, in basketball win in the NCAA tournament against the ACC. So uh, I'm not I'm not totally conceding that. I think most years it is a better basketball league, but but not all the time. So they get we, you know, the money's better. Than it, blah blah blah. There's so much more to like about the SEC than ACC. So what does, the, what does the ACC do? They 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 you know about ten years they start talking about academics all the time. Academics, 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 yeah. You know, oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna let Virginia Tech join the league. Uh, you know, we want Syracuse, you know. Yeah, Syracuse eventually came in, right? When Syracuse and Pitt joined, but no, you know, they were gonna ba- you know, they, they were gonna banish Virginia Tech from joining, but um the state government in Virginia was like, Well, hey, UVA, if, if you like things like funding. Uh, you're, 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 gonna, you're gonna vote for the Hokies to join, you know, and North Carolina and Duke. were all against it. What a blah 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 blah. But at least and you has
1: got the academic thing they can stand on.
3: They, they can't stand <laughs> on it. It's, it's, it's Thomas freaking Jefferson, baby. Yeah, but no, it's uh. It's, so they they've always fancied themselves as this you know coastal elite Big Ten style elite. <laughs> well, then when Maryland left, they were like, "Holy crap! Who do we get? Louisville,
1: <laughs> Louisville."
3: <laughs> I think you can get in there with a driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's it, Kentucky. You may not need one. <laughs> yeah.
3: <it's, laughs> I, not, I, need little, one. Not, not not as strong academically there. And then what was comical was, you know, that they torpedoed the old uh the, the 12 team conference expansion, right?
1: Mm. And
3: they were like, well, we don't we don't want the conference expansion, uh, you know, because we're focused on volleyball and academics, you know, the 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 the, aide, uh, the commissioner of the ACC, is act, was actually a really good athletic director at Northwestern University uh, for a while, but I think he's a little out of his element. You're out of your element, Donnie.
1: You're out of your element.
3: You know, but he, uh, he, um, he starts talking about volleyball and academics and how that matters and how they need to solve some problems before they expand the playoff and all that. And then in the same breath, you know, you you read another interview, and and I think think it was either one of his presidents or him, well, we discussed adding West Virginia to the league. (laughs) (laughs) Uh -uh. And I'm like, oh, academics, you know, West Virginia, where they burn, you know, next to Michigan State, where they burn couches when they win. Uh, They burn more couches in Morgantown, West Virginia, than anywhere else. I mean, uh, West Virginia, not an academic powerhouse right uh and, and it's just like oh that was your big uh, your big play there let's I said West Virginia all right good. Uh, we care about academics and volleyball hey West Virginia by the way you know anybody West Virginia you know, well, I know, I know. But,
1: you know for all their talk, them in, is that the, the biggest thing that's driving this I think is going to be you know eyes on TV sets right it doesn't matter if they're academic or not the decision is going to be made on how many people are going to watch these games and how many new people are going to watch these games so that you can get more money.
3: Exactly. It's about money. And the <laughs> ACC is compl- screwed six ways from Sunday when it comes to money. And they did it, it to really, themselves. Yeah, I, I, and, uh, I, I've done a lot of media today, by the way. I, I was on with Bill Gunner this morning, uh, on in Tuscaloosa this morning. I'm usually on the Tuscaloosa on Wednesdays, but it's to to Thursday this week. And then, Uh, I had a chance to go in with Bill King uh, in Nashville, and he was asking about Clemson and the ACC and the money. And I said, "Well, Clemson, you know, first of all, don't think that Clemson's just sitting there hunky dory and happy about being in the league. I don't care what they say publicly. I don't. I know that they're they're if they could get out, they'd be out. You know, if if it weren't for that grant of rights." Um, and I said, well, I, I think either some league will just make them an offer they can't refuse, and they'll bite the bullet and lose the money and, and make it back, uh, or, which is going to be hard, or uh, the ACC is going to have to pony up more money for the Clemsons and Florida States and Miamis and North Carolinas and big brands of the world. And, and you know, because it's not fair that Wake Forest uh, and Duke, who, who don't invest as much in football as Clemson or some of these other schools, it's not fair that they get an even amount it's just not and that's just Mm -hmm. how it goes but um you know as far as the acc goes i think that league's almost dead uh we've seen it come back from (laughs) near destruction before um but there are some people that just think oh virginia north carolina fsu they're going to the big 10 here's my take i don't think the big 10 is going to expand south
1: Oh, head west, head west, man. Head west.
3: Um, I actually have uh I actually think um Stanford and Cal and Oregon and Washington are joining the Big Ten. And they're just going to eat their little brother. <laughs> the and if you're the Pac-12, don't you feel stupid for canceling football, like following the Big Ten? We're, we're going we're to cancel football. Uh, you know, We're, we're noble and, and all this stuff. And, and then they just we're, – we're doing what our partners in the Big Ten and Rose Bowl and all this other stuff. Don't you know they feel like idiots? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're like, yeah, they're California, like, like uh brother, man. You know, I don't know that uh, the big 10, man, you know, wow. Whoa, groovy. <laughs> um, and I think Brett McMurphy went on to say, I think it was Brett that said this, that, you know, so what happens is when Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington, become big 10 West, then he, Arizona, Arizona the, the they call them the four corner schools. Cause you had those, the, the four corners out there where all those states meet: Colorado, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico. Sorry, Lobos, you're not getting an invite. Right. Everybody <laughs> else is. The, 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 Everybody the,
1: forgets about poor New Mexico.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, and, and imagine if you're New Mexico State in the in, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Um, so, so I think the corner schools: Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. I think they they jumped to the Big Twelve, and I think the Pac-12 goes away. And I think there's – like Oregon State, Washington State, I think would all be all that remain. So I guess they would go to uh, the Mountain West. (laughs) That sucks for them. But um, –
1: Big 12 into the Big 20. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, With a bunch of schools you have never heard
3: of. There'll be four leagues, you know, (laughs) and it's like – and and I think that's it. it, And so that's my my take there on – what I think will happen, I don't know that the Big Ten. Man, I've been wrong before, right? Uh, but I don't know that the Big Ten's coming south. I just, uh, I just, I, 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 think they're fine with the rest of the country. And if they do, uh, I would think Miami would be the the the. me uh, What are your
1: targets there, Miami the
3: school in Florida that they go after?
1: Clemson. Um,
3: Hey, Clemson would join. I think, I think if Clemson had a clear path to go join the big 10, they would.
1: Well, yeah, so, that and half a billion dollars.
3: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I actually do think that could, uh, that could happen, but, uh, you know, but I find that all that interesting, but my guess is these, these folks that are out there like five thirty eight, which, uh, ever since this, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to expand on this, but since the 2016 election, they've lost credibility in my eyes. They were talking about how, um, you know, uh, Oh, Florida state's this big target for the big 10 numerically and all that. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it will. I don't think it will at all. Um, So anyway, that's my take on expansion. How does it impact Carolina? Because the SEC may expand. I don't think they're just going to sit quietly. I still feel like, first of all, I feel like the SEC behind the scenes is Probably begging Notre Dame, not begging Notre Dame, but I think they'd be very interested in Notre Dame. Uh, I don't think there's a chance and you know what, Notre Dame wants yeah, any part no. of the ACC. <laughs> uh, I, I think a school like Kansas would be a target. I think North Carolina is way up there.
1: Yeah, you know, North Carolina is the one that I figured would. But I think you got to take that with Duke as a package deal.
3: It, yeah, you'd think. and I, I But there, there was a lot of talk, Phil, a few weeks ago. Uh, and, look, I, I've been told in the past. Now, I don't know. This was before they added Texas and Oklahoma. I've been told, like, in the past, the SEC is willing to take Duke to get North Carolina. Um, don't know if that's still the case. Because I thought it was very curious that the minute the SEC talk started back up after Southern Cal and UCLA joined, <laughs> Uh, the Big Ten, that there was all this talk about North Carolina and Virginia. So North Carolina, of course, still holds on to that academic, even though they had a bunch of fake classes or whatever. Let's just just give them that. Outside Um, of
1: athletics. Outside of athletics.
3: They had had some fake classes there, okay, Uh, in Chapel Hill, you know. But they still fancy themselves as this public Ivy school and all that. And, look, it's a hard school to get into out of state. In-state, though, 80% of their student body comes from the state of North Carolina. How hard can it really be? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's it's gotten harder since I was a, a young lad and was applying to schools. I didn't apply to Chapel Hill, but a friend of mine did. She was the valedictorian at my high school, and had to put down her dad's address in Ocean Isle, North Carolina, to get the in-state preference to go. That's
1: why, yeah. That's why I went to Western.
3: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Dad lived up there. Get the get the rate. (laughs) Yeah, get that rate. (laughs) Yeah, but
3: uh, they they fancy themselves as this you know academic power, and you know they've always been attached to the hip to Duke, but. um, when virgin when the talk about university, the University of Virginia started coming up and not not Virginia Tech mm-hmm. Virginia I said, hmm I wonder if maybe in the uh, grand scheme of what ifs and the what if conversations right mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, maybe they were told hell no, we're not taking Duke. They've written this about all TV money. we're not bringing that to the table. Uh, find somebody, find another travel partner, Tar Heels. And they were like, "Well, who is the wine and cheesiest uh, school other than Duke?" Surely, and uh, Colin does uh, put uh, the Nana Sports chat box. Colin does say, "That's the reigning ACC Atlantic Division champion, Wake Forest." To you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, well, he's absolutely right. That's true. But, <laughs> they're not taking Wake Forest. They have less, less, less of a brand than Duke. And no offense to them. I mean, if you're a Wake Forest man, you're a hearty soul.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and, uh, you know, so I think they said, well, well, who do we take? Well, you know, you're not going to take Boston College and Syracuse, have no desire to be in the the, uh, the SEC. So who do you take? Well, let's take Virginia, you know, because mm-hmm. there's they're allegedly this big public Ivy. Uh, I think if you're the SEC, it's you know, the University of dot, dot, dot state is important when you look at who they, they've added, um, that kind of thing. I mean, they, they added University of Missouri. All right, so so since the SEC exp- expanded in that University of South Carolina, University of Arkansas, University of Missouri, Texas A&M, which is ba- it's big enough, it could be, you know, I mean, University of Texas, the actual one, and then the University of Oklahoma. Uh, so, why not University of Chapel Hill or, or University of North Carolina or the University of uh, Virginia? Um, I think if you're talking about football schools, NC State and Virginia Tech would be better fits if you want to get in those states. But, uh, you know, so, so who knows what will happen there. It was uh, one thing Clayton White did say uh, in his press conference the other day, kind of spinning this back toward Gamecock football now. Uh, you know, Clayton, Gamecock TV as a coordinator, is an NC State grad. And he called the bowl game last year. He's like, uh, "In our bowl game against uh, the University of Chapel Hill."
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I noticed that. That was funny. <laughs> and, uh,
3: and I'm like, "Well, they do have UNC because he's an NC State guy." I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that's uh, that's kind of my little take on conference expansion. I I I think very soon we may be at four Power Five conferences. Yeah. Uh, it may end up that it is two, which I, who knows how I really feel about that? Because if it, if it does go to two, somebody that cares about football is not getting it. I wish I mentioned. I mean, going to four, Washington State, maybe you know, outfield. And have you ever seen the movie Volunteers with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd?
1: Oh, gosh. It doesn't come to mind, no. It's uh-uh. uh, way back. I'd, I'd that, be shocked, it was, yeah, I'd be shocked it if ni- I hadn't. Yeah. It
3: the 1980s, uh, the Washington State fight song is in that movie. Washington State's huh? been through a Rose Bowl. Washington mm-hmm. State is where Ryan Leaf and Drew Bledsoe played. I mean, it, they care about football. Now, mm-hmm. Oregon State, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, eh.
1: Beavers. Have... Beavers. Beavers. Beavers
3: beefs, beef sandwich. No, but, uh, you know, Oregon state, Yeah, they're not really on the radar with much, you know, Mm um, or or, or Oregon state basketball was hilarious because during the pandemic year, they went to the elite eight. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, so like they played, uh, I was up late one night watching a basketball, right. College basketball this past year. Right. And, uh, you know, sports gambling is legal in Illinois. So I got a little app. I'll play like five bucks a game, and I'm like, "Oh, Southern Cal is uh, at Oregon State, and uh, they're giving up." Um, you know, giving up. Uh, the Beavers are getting points at home, and I'm like, "Okay, well that's a that's a good bet." They went to the Elite eight last year, so I just locked it in. Didn't look at anything. Just blindly did it. Turn on the TV. Oregon State is three and twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and uh, no, no, I know I'm sorry, I took the money line. I took the money line, I was oh, like, just I
1: win, yeah, Florida straight up,
3: win straight up. I swear to god, Phil, it was 80 to 79 and over double overtime or something. Oregon they had a shot at the end that went in and out. It's the best three yeah. 24 basketball team I've ever, ever, ever seen. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
3: it's all that, Andy, uh, on the Dana Sports chat box says that the Big Ten does go to 20. Surely the SEC is already game planning. Thoughts on an SEC move and what would add to the revenue? I, I'm telling you, don't just go through and look at Clemson and Florida state and automatically assume those two are in. They may, they may be, but uh, I, I think the SEC still is interested in expanding its geographic reach. Uh, TV markets and brands both matter. Whereas TV sets used to matter more. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard Kansas it would be a SEC candidate. Uh, quite frankly uh, you know if I'm the big 10 I would have taken Kansas and Missouri we had another question here says could Missouri leaving the they're more of a big Ten institution I mean then uh, if Kansas came with them you know they, they've kind of got a I mean they they dislike Illinois more than they dislike Arkansas <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I could I could actually see that being something that where they get their game back when Nebraska, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, you know, I don't know who, who who knows who knows. The money is just, I guess, the money in the Big Ten though feels about to be pretty serious. So I mean, or more serious. I mean, the Big Ten has made more money than the SEC most of the years, but it's about to get. Uh, just as serious, even with everything else. Um, so anyway, that's my little expansion talk. And, uh, Nana Sports Chat Box has some other topics. Uh, J Rock says the ACC is hot dog water. <laughs> uh. yeah. Daniel comes in. Uh, they're people that try to act fancy, but everyone can see through them and are laughing at them. Yes, yeah. fancy you or not, sir. and yeah. uh,
1: you are not uh, the Ivy League. <laughs> you are not.
3: Daniel goes in. D- West Virginia drinks beer with hot dogs like that Yankee fan. Yankees fan. Uh, Miami isn't really the South anyway, O says. It's true. It's just it's the deep South.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the deep South, <laughs> um, Yeah. The and
3: deep deep then J-Rock says, I think UNC, Florida State, Clemson are all SEC candidates. SEC and Big Ten will be last conference standing. So closing the book on that. Chase comes in with a question, Nana Sports chat box. What is your opinion on Braden Davis's future as a quarterback? I like, um, and then I'll get Cameron. I'll get to your question that's up on the screen next.
1: Yeah, I missed that.
3: I, I, I liked what I saw out of Braden in the spring game. Um, Here we are. I, I know the coaching staffs very high on Tanner Bailey as well. Curious to watch those guys compete moving forward. Um, I expected Braden to be a little bit more raw in the spring game than he was. Uh, He's a guy that lives in the playbook, very cerebral uh, approach to the game, which you need a quarterback. Of course, his dad was a top 10 NFL draft pick as an offensive tackle, Uh, you know, threw a nice pass. I thought to Trey Kenyon in the spring game, Uh, everything I've heard about him this year is he's still learning and kind of swimming, uh, you know, getting through it. Uh, And I've heard good things about Tanner Bailey too, but uh it's my opinion that uh, he's still got a bright future. Don't just write him off. Uh, not Just because Tanner Bailey threw a better ball in high school than Brayden Davis did doesn't mean it's going to be that way in a year or two. So uh, that would be my uh, opinion. And Plus, he's like 6'6", 200 pounds. I mean, he's a big, tall tree of a kid. Um, so that's pretty good. All right, so Cameron says JC and Phil. Who do y'all have as being a surprise player for the year? Josh Fan was the guy last year. Kevin Harris the year before. Curious to see who y'all got. I yeah, oh, kind of
1: addressed it a little bit yesterday. Yeah, offense, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I think Phil had Xavier Leggett.
1: Yep, yep. Either that or Amari and Brown. I was torn.
3: Amari and Brown, Xavier mm-hmm. Leggett. I, I, I'd lean towards those guys. I, I'll also say. You know, uh, kind of on this little turbo, Dante Miller kick, I think think he's going to do some things that are going to make y'all happy this year. Rashad Amos at running back. Um, You know, uh, Trey Kenyon maybe at tight end. Uh, You're not going to see it, but Nate Atkins at tight end uh, because he's going to be blocking, which is good. The Gamecocks need all the blocking uh, they can get. Uh, And Nate Atkins, I heard, is a terror. Uh, in that regard. So, we will continue on with more interaction, second half of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Got some uh, questions from the iHealth Consulting Mailbag we'll get to next, Uh, plus more topics from Phil and myself. Going to kind of circle back and talk about the ESPNU show yesterday. Uh, We're going to talk about injuries. going to talk about veteran players uh, and that overrated deal in the SEC that Phil agrees with all of them. (laughs) Uh, And we'll be back after these messages on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
0: Gamecocks.
3: Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington, half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So, contact her on Twitter at Mer Taylor, at M E R T A Y L O R, or go to mckellarenterprises.org. Mckellar spelled M C K E L L A R, enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services.
4: These folks are incredible. iHelpconsulting.com. How can I help you?
3: Let's say you need catering, you need a food truck, you just need to get some delicious food to feed some people. Nana's Porch is the place for you. I, I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, they helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event. The professionalism, the food, the taste, uh, it's unrivaled. Uh, in this space, 336-259-7550 is the phone number, or again, go to nanasports.com, uh, we talk about them all the time, they uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast, but uh, wanted to tell you about it right here, straight from JC, tell them JC sent you, uh, and please support this Gamecock owned and operated business, also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey man, hey man. Are you sick and tired of your business, computer guy? Yes, he takes forever
1: to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
3: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly.
1: Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California.
3: Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number?
1: Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
3: Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843 699 1001, or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
0: This is JC's fiance, Nat. Life is all about making sacrifices. I now sleep next to the human troll doll. I'm taking one for the team. Go Gamecocks. Now back to JC and Phil. All
1: right. Thank you, Nat. <laughs>
3: Well, shoot. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. So uh, I got this email. Uh, I was checking my email during the break. First college head coach to be fired in each conference uh, Vegas odds, right? Uh, and I'll just go through them quickly. First ACC coach, Jeff College, Georgia Tech, uh, then Dino Babers and Mike Norvell. Um, I think I think Collins needs to be out on his ear. I think, I mean, look, Babers. I mean, Syracuse is such a tough gig. Uh, honestly, you know, in in the Big Twelve, Phil, it's Neil Brown and Steve Sarkeesian are in the top two. Sark? Really? so Really? Fire? Well, he was fine. Yeah.
1: Ah, that's true. Yes. yes. Uh, I figured they'd give him gimmies with coming into the SEC. At least give him a year in there, especially now with Manning.
3: I just don't. Yeah, that Arch Manning thing is probably going to save
1: him. Do you think him going to Texas is a signal that Saban is actually thinking about leaving? I don't know, because I I don't. I think Sarkeesian has ties to the Mannings anyway, but I heard that brought up, so it was interesting to think about.
3: Yeah, they're not as you know. it, It 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 it's just interesting, and and I don't know. I mean, I think that kid. Likes Texas. Uh, You know, I I think Peyton liked Texas during the recruiting, ended up going to Tennessee. But uh, uh, I don't know. You know, I I was surprised Ole Miss didn't get more traction with him. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I was surprised it came down to Georgia, Bama, and Texas. Um, But, you know, we'll we'll see sort of what happens uh, with that. I mean, Saban's got two really good quarterbacks committed. um, So, I don't know. Uh, You know, is he going to stay till 2030? I don't know.
1: I don't, uh, I don't see that. I can't see that
3: you know. <laughs> no. But uh, so Scott Frost, uh, you know, there are very few that have like, that, that are like minuses you know, on these odds. And Scott Frost is minus 120.
1: Yeah, that's easy money. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: like I said, he loses in, in double. And they're going to leave him over there with the taters and boiled cabbage. Or boiled <laughs> taters and cabbage. Herm Edwards, who uh, <laughs> Herm, Herm's on the opener of our show. He's leading the way in the pack 12 um, and then the best odds of everybody, right? Uh, down on the plains of Auburn, Alabama, Brian Harson. Brian Harson, Minus uh, a <laughs> thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. First coaches to be fired, uh, the, this upcoming season. But, uh, all right. So yeah, the, the, the SEC overrated article, Phil, um, <laughs> Just looking at it today, it's really, you know, not a lot. I Even mean, the Gamecocks were never were not mentioned as being um, uh, overrated, right? You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they weren't. They weren't mentioned at all. They were picked fifth by all the CBS uh, CBS analysts. They all picked the Gamecocks fifth, like exactly fifth. So I don't know. I think that's a little little. Under the radar a little bit. Uh, I mean, I, I would have the Gamecocks higher than that, obviously, but I understand. You know, when you're looking at last year, um, but Texas A&M, eight and four last year. <laughs> uh, they did lose their quarterback at the beginning, but I don't. I didn't think quarterback play was the big issue. I just think they got beat. Yeah, uh, I think. I think it's South Carolina. Everybody thinks Texas A&M's like this. Uh, impenetrable force this just
1: giant monolith yeah it's, yeah, it's no, not. I mean,
3: they're five and five against mississippi state in their last 10 i mean they lost to the the pirate in uh in college station last year um i think with AM and mean i i've said this before that i i keep saying every year almost feel they're a year away
1: that's that's Jimbo's career. Mm-hmm. Well,
3: I I think I'm <laughs> I, I think I'm stupid for saying it though, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I didn't look at the fact they are losing every single defensive lineman off their team last year. Yeah, uh, it, it, and I, I thought surely they got some younger guys that they're developing, and maybe they do. But they lost too many people. They lost their D coordinator to took the head coaching job at Duke, which is mission impossible. Dun, 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 dun. and then um. You know, they hired D.J. Durkin from Ole Miss to come in and be the coordinator, and, and then that's fine. But I think they're going to be young on defense. Uh, one of their receivers got in trouble. I guess he'll probably be back by the time they play Carolina or really probably back soon. Um, And, and I think Jimbo's got a better quarterback situation this year, but I'm just not – I mean, it would not surprise me one bit if Miami went into College Station and cut them.
1: No, in the no, no. Yeah, that's why I agree with the overrate, because I don't understand the top 10 rating coming into the season. I mean, I know they've got all those five stars, but we haven't seen these kids play at at that level. And it's different.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you got the the grown man factor, you know. You're you're going against teams that have some 23-, 24-year-old interior offensive linemen that are going to, you know, these kids are going to. They're, they're going to get there. And, and, and the thing about those linemen, too, the defensive linemen, Texas and recruited, Phil, they're not. I only think two of them are from Texas. And yeah. Texas, Texas high school football is different. Texas mm-hmm. high school football gets you more college ready. You may not have the ceiling that some other parts of the country do, but you got a floor. And, and you'll probably find that out with Landon Sampson this year uh, at South Carolina. But, um, you know, these kids are, like, from South Florida and – uh middle Tennessee and Philadelphia and places where there's a lot of talent, you know, and, and but, but they're, ne- they're always sort of raw guys, right? They got to be coached coached up. So you're going to get these kids ready to go battle grown men. You know, I don't know. I don't know about, I don't know about the Texas A&M defense, but keep an eye on that. Uh Speaking of defense, they say Tennessee is overrated. Um. I know the national media loves offensive football, uh, but Tennessee's defense was very average last year, and it's probably going to be one of the worst units in the mm-hmm. SEC this year, and their style of play on offense does nothing to protect it. Nothing. No. Mm-mm. Nothing.
1: No. Um, you, got, you know, Heifel's throwing it real fast, but the one thing yeah. people don't consider is that means your defense is coming back out there real quick too.
3: It's going to get way worn out. I and mean, their, their personnel – is going to get there, I think, in time. But I'm just not – I'm not convinced their defense is going to be – I didn't think they were that good last year. Uh, Ole Miss overrated, uh, maybe, you know. Uh, I think I think that, you know, we talked to Trey about the Arkansas and South Carolina transfer portal class. Ole Miss had a big portal class, 17 guys. Um, and I think a lot of people put a lot of stock into that. But, you know, Matt Corral was really, really good. And uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Levy is the OC uh, when he or Kendall Briles has been working with Blaine Kiffin. Lane is a little bit more dynamic than when it's just Lane and, and they hired Charlie Weiss Jr. From USF to come in. I, I don't know. Um, and then LSU being overrated. I don't know. I, I don't think a lot of people, have, I think they may be under, I think LSU may be underrated.
1: I think that's the one that I might've had taken a bit of umbrage with. Cause it was like, I don't see him on the radar anywhere. I mean, you know, People yeah. are expecting big things, I think, on down the road with Brian Kelly coming in, but it, it's not going to happen this year, and I think everybody's reasonably knowing that it isn't going to happen this year.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never thought that they were uh, – I would go I would go slightly under just because I think Brian Kelly's a really good coach. No, nobody yeah. gives him a lot of credit with him, and I respect guys that uh, weren't born on third base and, and feel like they hit a triple. Uh, I, I think that – you know that's one of the reasons I like Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer could have elected to do that, he could have gone and, and, and been like uh Joe Paterno's son Jay <laughs> and just w- worked at uh Virginia Tech for his dad and then hoped to take over the program one day. And uh, Shane went out and worked for a lot of different coaches and learned as much as he could. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Brian Kelly, uh, I don't, he didn't have any family connections. Uh, he coached to Grand Valley State for 10 years. He coached to Central Michigan for four. Cincinnati at four. Finally got Notre Dame. Uh, and now wants to win a, a national championship at this level. And I just don't think he ever felt like Notre Dame would have the athletes to do it. So LSU certainly could. Um, underrated, this guy says Florida. Yeah, I think expectations for Florida are about where they should be. And you, you even listen to the Gator insiders and and stuff and you know I don't think Florida's going to be terrible Phil no. um, but I, I, they're all preaching patience down there and so I I, 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 I mean I, w- I would join that bandwagon patience mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I think we'll see if Napier can build it um, yeah. I, I think it's a little unfair you know to see him you know to, to see them go in and, and you know try to oh, you win nine games or whatever. I'll say this. Everybody talks about, like, this This guy, Cobb, says motivation seemed lacking in 2021. Uh, I think in the bowl game it probably did. Uh, I think, obviously, they got ambushed at Carolina, and uh, Carolina seemed like they, they wanted that game a little more. But here's why I'm not buying. Oh, no, and then they gave up all those points to, to Samford at home and had to rally and win. But but here's the thing about the Gators. Okay, so Florida State, it would have been everything uh, for the Knolls had they beaten Florida last year and gotten to the Gasparilla Bowl. Florida didn't care one iota about being in the Gasparilla Bowl. FSU wanted to get back there, right? Uh, Florida still had enough uh, give a damn and motivation in them for an interim head coach to beat their rival and get to a bowl. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I'm not just buying that they rolled over and quit uh, last year at all. Um, I, I think they had some problems, but they, they didn't roll over and quit. But I I don't know that we can call Florida uh, underrated. Maybe so, maybe not. Um, you know it. it uh, you know Tennessee. I don't know that they're underrated. Uh, you know it's uh, Kentucky underrated. I don't know.
1: I don't know about Kentucky being underrated either.
3: You know, I'm just not, you know, I I, I don't, I, I, I lean towards them being a little overrated. I think people, you know, people are falling in love with Tennessee scoring points. They're falling in love with Billy Napier because he coached for Saban and Dabo. They're falling in love with Kentucky because they, they finally are waking up and, you know, understanding they got a pretty good program.
1: They actually built a program up there, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And,
3: and you know, but when you have all these favorites based on things that you feel, um, you know, you, 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 there's no room for South Carolina, No. <laughs> right? No. <room laughs> well, for I South think that's Carolina.
1: the most aggravating thing about this week specifically, JC, is because now we're all, you know, we're we're pressed up against it. Next week's game week, and it's like. Oh, let's just run those old tropes out and what what looked good at the end of last year is what it's going to look like at the beginning of this year and it's like, nah, eh, not necessarily.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's the deal there. All right, Nana Sports chat box blowing up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Big,
1: rooster, today.
3: big rooster in the house, A.K.A. Gamecock World, my man. Uh by the way, Gamecock World, big rooster. Uh thanks that's for me okay. all- the, the, this is a guy that's really supported Carolina rise heavily, and I, I appreciate that. And it's always been a good member of the Big Spur. Uh, so shout out to you, good sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, daddy Auburn people hate Harson. They do. Uh, and if you if you guys look, speaking of NIL, right? If there's one school in the country that should have looked at NIL and gone, really, we can do this now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably Auburn, right? You know, because look look who their, like, big rivals are, Georgia and Bama. How are you going to catch them? Moody players. Well, and if you notice, Auburn's recruiting 14th in the SEC right now. You don't hear a lot about – I mean, I, I think they have a collective that's just getting started. And, uh, you know, what I was told was um, they're not really – their money people really aren't. We're kind of saving it for the next coach.
1: Yeah, they don't want to spend it on this guy.
3: <laughs> they, gave to, they gave it to Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl, Auburn NIL for basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that was cool. Um, Clint says I don't know how we say anybody's overrated or underrated at this point. I know, like yeah. Phil pointed out, we're at the end of the you know the game. The season starts next week, right? So yep. we're gonna have a lot of overreaction about game ones. Uh, and and all that good stuff. So back to the Nana Sports chat box here in a second. Going to get to the iHealth Consulting mailbag, two ways to get in the mailbag. You can tweet at the Big Spur Pod. Uh, Some funny stuff on Twitter, by the way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, if you're in Greenville, uh, I wanted to mention this. Uh, I I won't be there. Um, Chris from Spurs Up Show. Good guest of ours, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be on his show here in 15 minutes. Uh, from six and 6 p.m. until uh, tonight, 11:15 uh, Woodruff Road, the Carolina Ale House, uh, up in Greenville. Greenville Gamecock Alumni Association uh, is uh, sponsoring it or part of it. So please go out there, say hello to Chris, uh, hang out in Greenville at the Ale House. Uh, that was one of my, you know, favorite old stomping grounds back in when I lived in Greenville, uh, that one and the one downtown, but this is the one on Woodruff road. Uh, if you can, if you can beat the traffic out there, man, oh, still. Is awful. It still awful.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, but they put a parallel road in to kind of relieve it. And of course it's still just as awful as <laughs> still
3: it was. Just as awful as it was. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, be sure to go check that out. Um, and, and support Chris, support the sports up spurs up show the game Cox, the alumni association. Uh, Whatever you want to talk about, so you can tweet to at the Big Spur Pod. First of all, Gamecock Fan Three comes in off uh, the Twitter. Uh, the I Hope Consulting it says, "Guys, how great would it feel to watch Lloyd just go off against Georgia State Week One? A healthy Lloyd and an offense that can win the line of scrimmage against them would really make me excited." If there were three things like that that you would like to see, what are they? I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'd love to see Lloyd go off. I'd love to see a clean pocket for Spencer Rattler and whoever else is playing quarterback. Uh, and I'd like to see some, um, creative play calls. And, uh, but also in, in addition to that, some not so creative running plays that, uh, they dial up and they work really well.
1: <laughs> and in that same vein, I want to see uh pressure on the quarterback with four and not having to use any of the middle or secondary guys. <laughs> I think that yeah. would show market improvement. And I know we've got the talent to do it, but I agree with the whole Marshawn Lloyd thing. I'm, I'm dying to see this kid perform at the five-star level that we know he can and just has been mercilessly hampered with injury.
3: Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I think I think everybody was just kind of happy to see
1: yeah. him. Back,
3: our boy Gamecock Pastor in the house on the Twitter. Right. Trail. That's a, he's our he's a super fan of ours. He I is, love, love game Cop Pastor, he said, Which game excites you the most? Which one scares you the most? Most excited about Kentucky. I feel like we snapped the streak this year. Tennessee scares me the most getting blown out in the last home game of the year is bad momentum before heading to the upstate. I'm not really scared of any of those teams. Um. If there's one that kind of, if there's a couple that kind of made me go, oh god, this could be bad. Uh, quite frankly, it's Georgia State and Vanderbilt. <laughs> um, like, cause I, I think all the other ones, there's a reasonable expectation the Gamecocks will at least compete. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, Alabama's not on the schedule. Ohio State's not on the mm-hmm. schedule. Um, you know, you look at some of these other teams. T.S. Tennessee has an elite offense, terrible defense. Um, now, I'll say this. If Clemson's offense gets it going this year and they're better than significantly better than they were last season, uh, that'd be a scary game because they're, they're going to be really good on defense. But, uh, you know, I don't see it right now, uh, you know. So, there's all these teams on the schedule that are not really complete. Vandy in that game, though, it comes in the middle of a bunch of games Carolina fans are going to be more interested in. Um, and I think it's up there. They usually jump up and bite somebody every year. Game guys have not lost to them in 14 years.
1: Yeah, and you don't want to break um, that streak this year. And, you just don't.
3: <laughs> they're not going to be afraid, man. They're it not going to be scared be. of Carolina uh, after what happened last year. I mean, they let it get away.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So so those were the games that scare me. What about you, Phil?
1: Uh, I agree with Vandy as the scary game, I, I, you know, and i looking at it, you know, kind of like the where your head is at. is like the games you just don't don't want to lose. You can't lose that opener, you know, so okay. I'm a little trepidatious, right? Because I know it's going to be a solid team coming in here to compete. Exactly. And, uh, and Vandy is the exact one that I think this year is not going to go undefeated in the SEC. However, I haven't beaten
3: Missouri. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, a popular, that's a popular thing don't tell michael bratton that for that. he yeah, uh yeah <laughs> I mean, missouri's gonna finish second in the east today and I look I, I like some of their personnel i really do i think three is a pretty good coach but they were god awful on yeah, defense last year and i don't know what they did to fix it so <laughs> you know so that's uh
1: Barry Odom's not walking through that door. We have to see him on week two.
3: (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm answering text about Jordan Birch injury. Somebody, I guess, put on the other message board. I heard he had a serious injury. He's been banged up, man. He's been banged up. So we'll see. Uh, Gamecock fan three uh, comes back in and says, J.C. Phil, maybe it's just me, but when I hear Clayton White speak, it's obvious football coach. If I overheard him speaking in another room, I'd have flashbacks to high school football immediately. And I love it. Do you think we're able to hold on to him for a while? I do, but I think eventually he's going to be a head coach.
1: Yeah. I think he's the first one to go to move up.
3: Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. I think he could be a head coach somewhere. Let's say Dave Dorn, my favorite coach in the world. Yeah. Uh, Let's say Dave goes three and eight this year, three and nine. Clay White could get in the mix for that NC State job. They were talking about him for the Notre Dame job last year. That's how highly regarded he is. So yeah. uh, there's that. Uh, in the I Help Consulting mailbag mailbox, Alex says, that Guys, loving the show. Is it too early to start thinking about the 2024 class? Who are some prospects other than the two tackles we should be keeping an eye on? So you got Josiah Thompson, you got Cam Pringle. Those are the two tackles, and they are elite. Those two guys are elite, okay? I'll just say right quick, no question, those guys both could be five stars uh, in time.
1: You're going to uh, be fighting with every big program for those two guys.
3: Yes, <laughs> Maisie, Maisie Bennett, the receiver from Greenville High School. Uh, Also, Franks, the offensive lineman, another offensive lineman from Greenville High School. Uh Hunter, the safety at West Florence, has got an offer as a freshman so keep an eye on him, uh, Trev- I think Trevon Dunbar is his name, uh, the running back that was at and- maybe Andrew Jackson, Strom Thurmond, something like that. Uh, they they're keeping an eye on him. Twenty twenty four, of course, uh, Dante Reno is part of the class right now and hasn't Trent you know uh, moved yet. So there's your quarterback. Uh, you know, we'll see kind of who pops up, <laughs> right? <laughs> But uh, 2024, I think, will be just as good of a class as 2023. Uh, And it starts in-state with those two offensive tackles. Uh, Been talking to a lot of folks about Cam Pringle and Josiah Thompson lately, and I I feel great about where the Gamecocks are with both of them. And it's not just been Carolina people I've talked to either. Folks uh, from the upstate have, have said as much, too. So we'll see what happens there. Thanks for the email, Alex, again, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. Uh, Clint says, I assume Pringles a left tackle, Thompson's a right. They could both play left. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I I think they may battle it out and you just move one to the other side. Man,
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, Will says he helps Jordan Strawn has three plus sacks in the game. I, I hope so, too. I, mm-hmm. uh, I I think it'd be huge if Jordan Strawn had a big year um, rushing the passer, big rooster. I've been praying heavenly for Satterfield. I truly hope he has changed. So, I, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, Joshua says, just got in for lunch, We're gonna have to get JC to define what South Carolina is historically to my students. Uh, it was hilarious and so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, big rooster says, Would you be we're going seven and five this year be a disappointment to me, JC? I would uh, – I'll tell you – I'll say this. It depends on what it looks like. Uh, Who did they compete against? What the games look like? I don't think you need a seven-win season like last year where you struggled to beat Vanderbilt and get blown – get the doors blown off of you in the first half in just about every significant road game. Uh, I'm looking for improvement on the road. Uh, I'm looking for improvement against the run. I'm looking for a consistent offense. Uh, and if those things happen, and it's seven and five, and you fall short just because other teams are good, so be it. Yeah. So, so be it, Jedi. Wait a minute, that's not my, that's not my Emperor voice. It's the dark side of the force. <laughs> <laughs> i might like crap my pants when he came back in the last one. I was it's like, like oh, hey, yeah, hey. right, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. It's like I, I like Norm, the late Norm McDonald, in, uh, in uh Billy Madison, like, yeah, oh, I can see Emperor. Oh, <laughs> hey. Oh, hey, hey, what's up, Emperor? You know, God, I, I miss Norm McDonald. Oh yeah, miss <laughs> Norm McDonald already. All totally. right, R.I.P. All right, Charles says he's going to be in Chicago over the weekend for UGA. Where should he watch it? Technically, he'll be in Evanston. Oh, my God, Evanston. That that town's – uh, And I like Northwestern University. It's nothing wrong with Evanston. You better you better button up, man. You're going to be there, man. Oh, the adult chat, the adult dating sites.
1: Oh, they're back. Oh, God.
3: There they are. Um, Charles, uh, the, the, the Gamecocks in Chicago – have their watch parties at a place, and you'll be close with Evanston, probably a train ride uh, at Rebel and Rye. So Rebel and Rye uh, in Chicago. I didn't get to any last year because I have my bar that I go to in my neighborhood, and Rebel and Rye is a little far for me. But uh, a friend of mine is coming into town that weekend that Carolina plays Arkansas, and so I may I may actually go for the Arkansas game. But uh, it's um. That's where the Gamecocks are. Rebel and Rye. Uh, and if you need that, uh, if you forget about it, if you're in your car or listening and can't write it down, just uh, email inside the insidethegamecocks at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to pass along the information. It's a it's a whiskey bar. You know, you get whiskey. Nice. Hey,
1: Show me the way
3: to the next whiskey bar. All right. And Daddy-O finishes off the day a good day, on the Nana Sports chat box. Cam Pringle's literally the size of a frame. Yes, he is.
1: He's a big boy.
3: He's a big boy. That's a big old boy. That's a big old boy right there. Uh, all right. So, tomorrow, we're going to have our weekly chat with Meredith Taylor uh, at 1230. So, get your golf questions ready. I'm going to be soliciting golf questions from you. Uh, both in the chat box and the mailbag uh, before she gets in. So we can uh, have some intelligent conversation about golf. So me and Phil can just shut up and listen. Right. Uh, And uh, we'll also be getting her take and her excitement, you know, right before uh, the opener for the season, Meredith Taylor, who's one of our sponsors sponsors, the guest line, the Meredith Taylor guest line uh, and all that good stuff. Get an update from her when uh, her teaching gig starts, because that's going to be huge. Uh, for those of you that want to get better at golf. All right, for Phil Mullinax, J.C. Sherbert, this has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show Thursday, August 25th. Enjoy Carolina Calls, everyone. I want everybody on the chat box and mailbag to let us know what their thoughts were. That's right. Carolina Calls. Has it improved? You know, I don't
1: know. <laughs> you got to give Todd a warm-up. You, you know, this is his, <sighs> <laughs> this is his dress rehearsal. <laughs>
3: Welcome to South America calls. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the game clocks. The game <laughs> clocks. Oh. <laughs> All right, for Phil Molodas, is JC Sherbert. This has been Inside the Game, guys, the show. Have a wonderful Thursday, everyone.